Love God. Amen. How, how many of you just know that God's doing a work in you and it's driving the devil crazy? Amen. He's just doing something in your life and it just, it's, it's just frustrating hell. You know, and don't, don't you just love doing that? You know, just living a life that just humiliates hell. And, and it's not that we don't have uh, uncomfortable situations or, or circumstances that are, uh, you know, overwhelming. That's just called life. I think everybody has that. Uh, but it, it's something on the inside of you that God just uh, lifts you in the middle of all of that. And, and, and you know, I, I love it in the Amplified when it says we're struck down but never struck out. Amen? You, you know, what a, what a frustration that must be to the enemy that's trying his best to take you out. And every time he does, he just pushes you up a little bit. You know, uh, it, it just gets you closer to God than you were before. I don't know what picture you have in your mind uh, when you hear the word God or you hear the word church or, you know, because we've all got different pictures. But I'm telling you that the, uh, that the life that God has planned for you is an amazing life filled with rich blessing and, and deep relationship and, and indescribable passion. And I just want to encourage you tonight to go after that life. Don't buy into any weird perception that you might have. If your mental picture of God life is anything that you wouldn't want, you have the wrong one. You know, it's like the enemy would love for you to think that it's something that it's not so that you won't pursue it. But I'm telling you that when you go after the thing that God created you for, designed you for, and, and, and when you begin to get brought into the relationship that he died to make available to you, you're not going to find it displeasing at all. It, it'll be the thing that just motivates you and to get out of bed in the morning. Man, I, you know, we, we sing a song sometimes, the, the more I seek him, the more I find him, the more I find him, the more I love him. Can I just tell you, that's just the truth. That the more you connect with him, the, the, the more alive you become. Amen? And that, that's what we want. We want to be people who have real life. I'm talking about real life. Not, not looking for a religious experience. I'm looking for uh, just a real relationship with a loving Father. Then something that just, uh, that, that just changes everything. You know what we want for you? We want, we want you to be in the position that God has the opportunity, the ability, the permission to change everything in your life everything so you'll you'll know real god life you know you'll, you'll actually have more life than death it's not the absence of death it's just more life than death that you'll actually have more joy than sorrow it's, obviously there's sorrow in life but we have more joy and the joy that we have swallows up that sorrow you know it's more peace than chaos how I many you know that you're probably not going to find a life that has no chaos but what a lot of us do is we uh, we enter into life being driven by our own understanding, our, by our own system of logic. And uh, we, we might allow God to touch us in certain places, but, our, but, but, the, but the way that we make our decisions and the life that we live uh, quite often isn't really that great of an example of what God life is. You know... Uh, and I don't want this to be a downer. I'm just trying to flip a little switch. That if, if your marriage isn't getting better, maybe you should try something different. And I'm talking about a different spouse. <laughs> you know, if, if your body 
isn't getting stronger. You know, uh, Shelby's sister one time, years ago, you don't mind me talking about you, do you? This doesn't matter, but anyways. So, several years ago, she, she, she was going to bless us, and she made us uh, brownies. Um, and I used them as a doorstop for several years. It was awesome. Uh, something, something in the recipe, you know, uh, they could tell you, you might know, but something was either left out or it was too much, one or the other. And, and, and it just came out a little brown brick. It was awesome. And uh, because I, I got to use it for a long time. That, how many you know that uh, Sam never made those again like that? No, the next time she made brownies, we ate them. And we've been eating them ever since. Feel free to make more. But, you know, she had the sense to recognize, I need to change the recipe. Because I was making brownies, not bricks. But a lot of us in life, we keep making chaos. But we refuse to change the recipe. And I, I, I feel led of God to say, wake up, oh, idiot. You know, we, we, keep, we keep getting a result, and it's not what God's promised. But yet, we're digging our heels in and swearing it's got to be somebody else. And it ain't nobody else. It's just how we're putting the ingredients together. And I'm telling you that if you're not digging God life, it's because you're living the wrong life. That if, if you connect, it, man, I, I wish, I wish as a kid, you know, and, uh, and I, I, I had some things, you know, some real moments with God as a child that carried me through all kinds of stuff. But I wish, you know, uh, that I hadn't waited so long to really have real relationship with God. You know, can I get a witness? You know, you know uh, uh, that, that it wasn't just, uh, you know, religious ceremonial exercise. Because so much of it. So much of it is. And God's just wanting to change us. He, he, he's just wanting us to, to know real life. And, and uh, you know, it, it, used to be, it used to be, you know, kind of hard. You know, it, it's like church. To be honest, you know, growing up in church, I, I didn't go because I liked it. You know, but it was just part of our lifestyle and it's what we had to do. And, and, but, but that's changed. You know, I, I love what God's doing in my life. I love, I love what he's doing in your lives. I love what he's doing in the house. I love, you know, everything about it. I just love God. And, and, and you know, my, my brother and sister, they, I don't know. It, you know, it, it's like the, the different people in my world that didn't get to see what I'm seeing. Now it just motivates me more to make sure that everybody I know understands that God's doing an awesome thing. And, and I'm not talking about just here. I'm talking about that, that his, his intention for you is to bless you and, and, and to strengthen you and, and for you to just be, you know, I, I really think that once you get a hold of this thing, you almost have to backslide to go to bed at night. I mean, God's just that good. You know what I'm saying? And, and we want to have that. And so there's some things in, in, in the characteristic of this lifestyle because Jesus didn't come to give us a different level of life. He came to introduce us to a different lifestyle altogether. And a lot of times what we think, you know, because uh, uh, you know, the religious side of it has you, you know, doing things to earn things and, and reaching for this to get that. And, and uh, you know, and we take scriptures like uh, when Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. 
And I've been, I've been asking people this week, you know, well, what does that really mean to you? And they think it's a trick question. No, I'm just trying to, try, trying to figure out wh- where our mind goes. And, well, if you really love him, then you'll do what he said, and that'll prove that you really love him. But that's really not what he was saying. What he was saying is uh, that when you love me, it'll just, it'll just flow out of that naturally. You'll live a life that pleases God. It'll just be natural because you love me. And will you be doing stuff that you, before you would have never done? Absolutely. Will you not be doing things that you love to do? Yeah, but it's not because you had to, but it's because you have this relationship now that's pulled you to a different place. You know, uh, Shelby had, had a birthday uh, this week. Yay, Shelby, we're glad you're here. And, uh, and, and part of her birthday, we had the carpets clean in the house, which means that we have to move everything that we own. And, you know, get everything off the carpet and moving all this stuff. And I'm thinking, uh, if I didn't love her, this would not be happening. But because I love her, it's just awesome to get to do it. And I'm thinking, you know, if we have this relationship with God, you know, there's a lot of things that that without that relationship, we would have never participated in. But because of it, and we know what it's doing for his heart. And, and, and you know, it's kind of like reaching people that don't matter to us. Come on, get real. Y'all looking at me like, like there's nobody in the world like that to you. Yes, there are. You know, when, 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 you, when you get ready to leave tonight and there's cars going up and down Clearwater, and who are they and where are they going? Who cares? Just get out the way. But, the, but, but a revelation that they matter to God, those are his kids. And now all of a sudden, you, you find yourself doing things. You know, you, you're using your no-strings card to bless people that you don't know because of your love for God, not because you want to get something from him or, or that if you, if you don't do it, you're going to go to hell. No, it's, it's, there's, a, there's a different uh, motivation inside of our hearts. As we get ready for an adoptive family, you know, uh, uh, we're, we're doing it not to earn points with God, but to share the love of God that's been shared with us. And tonight, for just a couple of minutes, I, j- I just want us to look at a story and, and, and talk about a generous life. You know, just how, uh, because one of the characteristics of, of, of a guy living God life, you know, is to, he's just generous. You know, we want to be known as generous people, Right? which means we're going to have to be generous people. And we are. Look at your neighbor and say, we are. You're in a generous house tonight, guys. Yeah, but, but still, isn't there just a little pull on the inside of you every now and then when, when it just kind of feels like, should I or shouldn't I? If I don't, I can, I can get away with not. And, and, but I want us to have an experience that we just, it's just who we are. We're just generous. Just generous people. Just Living a generous life. Matter of fact, if, if, if we ask the question, you know, uh, who do you think of when we say a generous life? Who, do you, who comes to your mind? Who do you think of? You, you know, somebody in your life that's been generous. You know, uh, my father was, a, was an amazing man, and he had a lot of gifts and talents. And, uh, uh, but one thing about my father, when I, when I think about a generous life, it's almost like his face just comes right up in, in my spirit. 
Because my, my dad, if, you know, back in the day, if you had given him 200 bucks at church tonight when we got home, it would be kind of a, be kind of a, a, a game for us. We'd, we'd, we'd try to get out of him how much he had left because he, he wouldn't come home with what he had. He, he was just insanely generous. He would do anything he could for, for anybody, especially if they didn't live in his house. <laughs> and he, he, he was really, really generous. You know, and he'd, and he'd give you his car. He'd give you, he, you know, and he kind of had to watch him sometimes or you'd be walking home because, you know, he'd just give everything away. He, he just, he a very, very generous guy. Who do you think of? You know, who's the picture that you have when you think of a generous individual? Wouldn't it be cool if when people thought of generous, your face popped up? Yeah, because it's just who you are. And, and, and I think that, that there are some things that mark a generous life that we need to embrace and maybe bring into, bring into our life and say, okay, I'm going to live this way. I'm going to live this way. I'm, I'm going to live a generous life. Look at with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 10. You know, a very familiar story. Uh, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Luke 10, 25. An expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. How many of you know that's not a really great idea? And he said, teacher... Uh, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And if you look this up, if you go home later and get on, you know, BibleGateway.org and, or BlueLetterBible.org and do the word study, you'll find out that eternal life, what he's talking about is Zoe life. Zoe is the Greek word, Z-O-E for life. And it's not just inhaling and exhaling and not dying. It is life like God has it. And the message that Jesus came to preach, when he said, I've come that you might have life, he said, I came to introduce you to Zoe and it's a different life altogether. And this guy is an expert in the law. And I think, I think a lot of times what, what messes us up is that we become experts in the law. We're going to do things a certain way to earn something. But you're going to find out here in a minute that Jesus doesn't want you to earn it. You, you're never going to have Zoe life because you earned it. You have Zoe life because you choose to live it. And he said, uh, what must I do to get my hands on that? And verse 26, he says, well, what's written in the law? How do you read it? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus replied, you have answered correctly. Do this and you'll have life. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Look at your neighbor and say, loophole looker. He's looking for a loophole, you know, because some of you guys have neighbors and you're hoping for a loophole. You know, love thy neighbor. God obviously doesn't know who's living next door to me. Love thy neighbor. And in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he was attacked by robbers and they stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. And a, uh, and a priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw the man, he passed by on the other side too. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds and pouring on oil and wine, and he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, look after him, and if he, uh, when, it, when I return, if he needs more, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. And then he said, which of these three do you think was a neighbor? And the expert said, the one who had mercy on him. 
And Jesus said, go and do likewise. Go and do, go and, go and live like this guy. In verse 33, you kind of get the first picture of what a generous life looks like. Because it says in verse 33, as he traveled, he, he came and it, where the man was, he saw him and he took pity on him. Everybody say pity. Some of your Bibles will say compassion. Uh, the Greek word there is splagnizome. It's spelled S-P-L-A-G-C-H-N-I-Z-O-M-A-I. Wow. He came to him and had spaghetti all over him. That word, what it literally means, is a love that looks beyond itself. And just that, just that, it really should kind of motivate a little bit of change in us. What Jesus said, what, what I want you to do, I want you to go and I want you to, I want you to live a lifestyle like this. I want you to experience, demonstrate, manifest love that looks beyond itself. Don't just look at your needs. You know, a lot of times uh, when we're uh, talking about things we love, we're talking about people or items or stuff that make us feel better or that bring us joy. I love that. But he said, you know, this is different. This looks beyond your own need. It's a love that looks beyond itself. It's important to understand that one life can make a huge impact on the lives of many when it's compelled by the love of Christ. One life impacting many. A love that looks beyond ourselves. True generosity is really an attitude of the heart, isn't it? It's, it's an attitude that wants to enrich the lives of others even at our own expense, living to bless others. This is how we want you to do in life at home. You know, it's one thing to take a no-strings-attached card and go into a restaurant and leave a little bit bigger tip. But what about with the people you live with? Have you thought about blessing somebody in your own house and leaving them a little card? <laughs> Not seeing a lot of takers. <laughs> oh, I left them a card, all right. <laughs> you know, how, how, about, how about going to work with this attitude that, you know what, this is what I get paid for, but I refuse to just go up to the line and then pause. I'm going to be a second miler. You know, that I don't do what I have to do just to make it, that I'll go above and beyond and I'll... I'll recognize that my employer really didn't hire me just because I needed a job. He hired me because he needed help. So maybe what I'll do is help more than I got paid for. I can't believe the way you all looking at me. Well, you don't understand. We got rules. I know, and they're wrong. You know, remember the priest, the Levite, they, they went by, they saw him, but they passed on the other side. I don't, I don't believe that they, that they just crossed to the other side. I think they were already on the other side. When they saw him, it's not that they didn't, you know, that it, it's not like they saw him and they went, ooh, got to go to the other side. No, it's just they, they just kept going. 
And uh, the Samaritan, when he saw him, it says he went to him. Look at verse 34. He went to him. He went to him. And can I tell you that in the, in, in, in the, in the heart, in the mind, in the lifestyle of, of the generous... One of the things that they're willing to invest, and I think that we struggle here, because what, what, it, what it really took to go to him was uh, the ability to allow his day to be interrupted. See, uh, the, the other guys were going someplace, and they couldn't let their plans be disrupted, but the Samaritans saw him and realized this was a divine interruption. This is a divine disruption in my life. And he went to him. What it really says is he took time. He was willing to invest time in the life of another. You know, it's not that hard really to get people to invest their money. Last week we had one day. And, and offerings are still coming in. You know, the, the one day we take our wage, one day's wages, and we bring it so that we can impact, uh, you know, people globally, and we participate in some things globally. And, and uh, you know, and we're probably going to break the $30,000 mark this year in giving. No, that's awesome. That, that's awesome. And, and I don't want to belittle that because some people really step up and... and, uh, and give in, in a very incredible way. But, uh, but you know, really, you can, get, you can get people to invest money when a lot of times you can't get them to invest time. You know, because money, you can get it back. Huh? Go on, I made that, I'll make some more. But time... I'm too busy. I mean, I, I bet that went through, uh, you know, the priest's mind. The Levite probably had to wrestle with that thought because, you know, they're going down the road. This is an unexpected opportunity. And they didn't take time. But the Samaritan, I, I think one of the coolest things about his investment was he was willing to invest time in the life of another. I think that's what's so cool about the people who get on a dream team and serve in the house. You know, they invest their time helping you uh, find a parking space. They invest their time in uh, serving in the in the children's department. They invest their time in in, in uh, making sure that the ice cream machine's cleaned up so it doesn't get tapeworms in it later. I mean, that's really awesome. How many thankful somebody invested their time in the ice cream machine? Yeah, I am. I think about that every time I'm looking at one of them cones. We used to do a lot of camps, and we'd show up at campgrounds, and, and they'd have their machines there ready for us to use. And I remember one time opening it up and finding the worms that were alive inside the ice cream maker, thinking, I'm never eating ice cream again. Didn't last very long, but it was a, it was a moment. But, you know, you have a redemptive calling on your life. You are redeemed by God, but there's a purpose. God doesn't redeem people for no reason. He, he, there's a calling. There's, there's giftings that you possess. And, and, and real fulfillment is really found when you're uh, using your spiritual gift and using the calling on your life to achieve the very thing that you were created for. And you find fulfillment there. And it's just like the enemy to keep you so busy, you don't have time to reach the life of another.
time. It takes time to go shop for the adoptive family people. There are some people that will come in and say, okay, we've got money and we appreciate that. We are going to receive that. Look at your neighbor and say, they will take your money. But there's something to be said for the people that will actually take the family, take the card, get the info, and invest that time. I think that's truly the mark of a generous person. Is, you know, well, I'm generous. I give my money. Well, how about you start investing your time? How about you not let the enemy convince you that you're too busy to answer the call of God on your life? If you're too busy to answer the call of God, can I just tell you something? You're too busy. It's funny how y'all look at me tonight. He took time. We end up getting robbed of the blessing of God. There are some things, there, there are some things that have immense power. And, and, and I, I just want to read it to you real quick. Mark chapter 4, starting at verse 14 in the New Living, it says, There's a, uh, The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. And the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message, only to have Satan come at once and take it away. How I many you know that's the enemy's job? He's going to come steal the seed. You've got to protect your heart. And the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall as soon as they have problems or if they're persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. You do realize that worry, wealth, and the distraction of other things... Rip you off from the blessing of God in your life. You know, there's we could probably do a whole series just on this, on worry, the pursuit of wealth, and the distraction of other things. It's just a couple of points I, I want you to just consider. That when the seed comes to you and the word of God comes to you and, and it has the potential to produce life. How many of you know that God's word has the potential to produce life? You're not going to improve upon the Word of God, right? But the seed, it, the, the result in all of these guys, and when you go back and study this later this week, and you're reading Mark 4, and, and you're going through the whole thing, and the teaching that Jesus has given the guys, understand that they all receive the same seed. So the result really isn't based upon the seed, because the seed's going to produce. And it's not really the farmer, because the farmer is sowing a seed. It's not the farmer. It's not the seed. Well, what determines whether it's going to produce good or not produce what 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 is it it's 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 the soil and what you have to do is is in your life i think what you need to do is is like do a soil sample and find out you know if you're good soil or not because you know you you determine the the soil and, and you know and a lot of times and again this is probably another series later on but uh you determine the soil a lot of times by the people you hang with uh, just think about it for a minute because, uh, you know, human, two words, humus and man, the spirit part, uh, man, the spirit part came out of God, but humus, that's just the dirt, right? And that's, you know, the soil. And sometimes it's the dirt you're hanging with that's ripping you off from seeing the production of the promises of God in your life. You, you're just hanging with stingy dirt instead of generous dirt. So you don't have generosity flowing. 
right? Because you, you become like who you're hanging with. And uh, the, the seed that fell among the thorny soil, what's that about? Think about it. When the seed got there, there was already stuff there. There are already things in your life that were trying to distract you from the ability to wrap your soil around the seed. And it's the, it's the worry of other things. You know why so many people don't have time? It's because of other things in their life that are separating them from the ability to really do the thing that God's called and created and equipped them to do. I'm telling you right now, a lot of you guys have got other things going off in your head and what you'd love to do is get up and join these who are leaving. Let's get out of here. Got to hurry. Got to go. Because you know what? He's talking about my time. I love it. I don't have time for this. I don't have time. You know, we'll come to one service. Okay, one service. Our commitment is to God, not to the church. You're on crack. Because of this big old honking commitment you have to God, you can't afford another hour. It's quiet in here. And everything was fine until you started talking. Other things. I think that we, I think we just need to get real and say, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of letting other things rule my life. Other things. You know, Shelby and I, uh, and we, we are not perfect. I'll tell you right now, if, if, if you're on a mission to find fault, find what's wrong with me, your mission is going to be very short. You will succeed in 30 minutes. I've got all kinds of stuff wrong with me. But man, there's some stuff that just really shaped our lives that we, we, that we just live to share with other people because it's produced such great fruit in our life. But Shelby and I, uh, Shelby and I when we got married, we didn't start serving full-time in, in church until we got back from our honeymoon. I mean, it's that quick. You know, we had full-time jobs. We both had full-time jobs. Uh, I, I, I was doing some youth ministry. I took, a, I took a position as a youth pastor at a church, and, and uh, we had six school districts there, Elkton, Sutherland, Oakland, Roseburg, Winston, and a Christian school. And, and so I set up prayer meetings, preschool prayer meetings. At each of those schools are very near, each one of them, and, and a couple of them we, we combined because there's only five school days, and I had six districts. So every day I'd get up, and I'd, I was there, and every night we would go to the church, and, and we, we, you know, we went to church Sunday morning, we went to church Sunday night, and Wednesdays we had church. On Tuesday, we had the adult worship wor- rehearsal. On Thursday, I had the youth worship rehearsal. We always had kids in our home. Always, always. And you know what we found? We found that by serving together, the distraction of other things lost its pull. Now, it's not that there just weren't other things. You know, Shelby loved horses. And before, before we had kids, we had animals. And, you know, at one point we had three horses. We had a goat. I remember him. I drowned him. Uh, we had, uh, had, all kinds of, we had all kinds of stuff. Shelby was really into that. We had all kinds of stuff going. We had four-wheelers. We had four-wheel drives. We had all the stuff. But I don't remember ever missing. You know, well, what? You're saying we should never miss church. No, no, you're, you're hearing me wrong. What I'm saying is, is that there's a lifestyle that diffuses the, the strategy of the enemy. And we just got so busy doing God life 
It's not that other things weren't part of our life. We enjoyed all those other things, but they were no longer a distraction. Because the, and, and here's, here's just what I want you to get is that maybe the life that God's called you to really experience, maybe, maybe the reason it's not being produced is because you're focused on the other things, not the thing that God birthed in you. I'm telling you that every single one of us are unique and gifted and separate by the hand of God himself. And that if you can locate that, it changes everything else you do. I'm not saying you quit your job and you, you know, so that you can be the water person at church. I'm saying that, that, that when you go to work, you'll get it. Oh, man. This thing that God put in me, I use this on the job. You know, I, I, I love talking to different guys that are getting it. You know, just hang out with Corey for a few minutes, and he realizes that, the, that, that some of the crazy, wild individuals that God brings into his life is so that he can stand there and have a backbone and tell him, you can work here and live for God. See, there's something about this Samaritan. It's just he was willing to invest time. And I don't think that you're going to be who God's called you to be until you're able to invest time. You know, I'd ask a question and have you respond to it, but it, w- it, would, it would be a real total setup. So don't respond to this question. Just think with me, okay? But if I asked, how many of you really want to see lives changed? And I had you raise your hand. Probably everybody raised their hand. But the only way to really see lives changed is to be willing to invest time in lives. You're not going to see life change, transformation occur, unless you're willing to invest time. I'll get back to Jesus' story here, because you're not really digging mine. Um, Luke 10, 34, he went to him, he bandaged his wounds, he poured on oil and wine, he put the man on his own donkey and brought him to an end and took care of him. Look at this, he was willing to use his abilities and the resources he had on hand. He was, he was willing to use his own abilities and the resources he had on time. Generosity is an issue of the heart. It uses whatever it has on hand. It does not use what little it has as an excuse to not respond. It isn't waiting till it has more. Well, you know, when we win the lottery, I, I had a guy that used to come to me all the time. And, uh, and I finally irritated him, and he's gone now. But uh, for years, for years, he would come, and he would tell me, and, and I, I'm not exaggerating, he'd tell me on a weekly basis, when I win the lottery, I'm going to help you build that church. And one day I just looked at him and said, no, you're not. You won't help. What do you mean I won't help? I said, because you don't do nothing now. You cannot consistently perform a task that's inconsistent with your character. You're not a giver now. When you win the lottery, we won't ever see you again. And he started, you know, breathing heavy. Feathers were ruffling out. Looked like a fuzzed up cat. <laughs> I'm like, well, why are you getting mad at me? You, you won't do it. Quit lying to yourself, and whatever you do, don't lie to me. And he got himself offended. If you're waiting 
till you have more before you respond, you're never going to know generosity. Because you're not sit, you won't find generosity sitting down and making a list of what it doesn't have. You might want to, you know, jot this down if you're taking notes. God will never ask you to give something you don't already have. So he just asks for what you got. So when you say, I don't have time, really, you're lying to yourself. Because you've got it. Generosity flows from where you are. It just flows from right where you're at. This is where I am. You know, there's a lot of times I'd like to say yes that I can't because I don't have that. But I give you what I got. I'll help in this area. But generosity just flows from where you are. Verse 34, he said, he, he went to him, he bandaged his wounds, poured on the oil and the wine. Then, everybody say then. then. It didn't even stop, man. He just kept going. He put the man on his own donkey. He was willing to walk. Inconvenience on steroids. How many of you know that sometimes what God's asking you to do, the problem with it is, is it's not very convenient. He put him on his own donkey and brought him to an inn and took care of him. He went to him. He, he interrupted his own schedule. He bandaged him. He addressed that man's trauma. How many of you know people are messy? You're going to get involved in seeing the lives of thousands of people change. Well, get ready for some messy stuff. He poured on the oil and the wine. He used the resources he had on hand. No more excuses. Just get ready because what I got is going to be a blessing to somebody. He put the man on his own donkey and he brought him to an inn. He got him out of danger and took him someplace safe. I kind of like to think that's like bringing your friends to the garden. And he took care of him. He took care of him. And the next day, he didn't just keep moving on it, but he hung there. And the next day, he reached in his own pocket and took out money. And said, you know, hey, if this thing gets bigger than this, then uh, I'll, I got it covered. I don't want you to worry about it, but, but uh, I, I'm, I'm going to reach in my own pocket. And I love what Jesus said at the end. He just said, go and do likewise. Don't you think that that's kind of what we want to do? You know, uh, Acts 10, 38, you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, and he went about doing good, healing all. Doing good, healing all. He went about doing good. Yeah, yeah, but you don't understand. There's so much evil, and there's so much stuff going on. Look at Romans 12, 21. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Just live to do good. Just live to be generous. They're, these are the marks of generosity. You know what? I, I don't just stop with reaching in and putting in an offering. No, I'll, I'll give my time. I'll give my heart. I'll give my passion. I'll use what God's gifted me with to make a difference in the life of somebody else. I, I want to close with this thought because, you know, as a body, what we're wanting to do is we're, we're wanting to reach people who are far from God. And, and the reality is, is that in order to do that, we all have to be willing to invest our time and our talent and our treasure you know it, it's 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 our life to 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 make a difference in the life of others 
It's what we want. It's what we want as a body to be known for. Those people will, will just do almost anything to, to let somebody know how good God is. How, how many of you are so thankful tonight that God is so awesome, so good to you? Yeah, I think we ought to clap. I think we ought to celebrate the goodness of God. He's so awesome. Thank you, Lord. Don't let the enemy trick you and get you focused on other things. No, zero in on the thing that God's gifted you with. You know, this, this Wednesday night, 301, right? Discovery, 301. How many of you been enjoying Wednesday nights? It's been awesome. And, and, and it's just the growth track. This Wednesday night is Discovery 301, where we're going to help you discover your spiritual gifts and, and, and some of you understand your personality traits and begin to see how, how that God has wired you and equipped you to be effective in the body. Don't be distracted by other things. Don't let the enemy cause other things to keep you from being who God's called you to be. Because i got to tell you something. That you have this, this draw towards generosity already. You're generous people. Don't let the enemy rob you and get you so focused on other things. You know, we're going into the holiday season and, and, and it's going to get busy. Yeah, but you know what? I have something for which I've been called. I have a, I have a vision. I have a mission. I have a mandate on my life. And I'm going to bless people today. I'm just going to love doing life going to enjoy the place that God has planted me in. And we're going to flourish together, just reaching the lives of others. And hell's going to be frustrated because we're just going to love people and love God. Not doing it to earn anything. I'm doing it because of what I've received. Doing it because I love God that much. I just want to fall in love with Jesus again. Amen. Don't you want to just fall in love with him again and and let that love grow and pull you to a different place and realize that, you know what, worry, I don't need to worry. God said if I seek first the kingdom of God, he'd take care of everything else. I, I, I don't need to pursue wealth. I, I don't have to go after prosperity. God's plan is to prosper me. I just need to, to live God's plan. Prosperity will just come on its own. I just don't want to allow other things to cause me to miss the thing. That God's going to use me to accomplish See, the thing that you got to go out of here knowing is that there's people out there who are bleeding and dying and there's great people who just don't have time they're just too busy they're too too distracted but we we got to be the people who are willing to cross the road who are willing to invest the time who are willing to recognize that man he's already equipped us you look around here Look, look, look around here. You, you might not have certain gifts, but my strength is for, I'm ready for all things. You know what? My strength is the people that God's connected me to. It, I got the seed, but we also got the dirt. We got the soil. And we can, we can produce together. Together, we're better. I said together, we're better. And, and there's probably no situation out there that together we couldn't find a way to at least bring some life into it. So don't get distracted realize no no this is our vision this is who we are this is where we flow this this is where fulfillment comes we're just going to be lovers of people amen lovers of people bow your head close your book let me pray for you father i thank you tonight that you're doing a work in us that's causing us to